podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged um, today. Uh, before we jump in, we'd love to, if you'd leave a review on iTunes and, or wherever you listen to podcasts, those five stars do really help. Um, we'd also like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. Um, first of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market. I'll get it out. Um, not only are they innovative, it's unbelievable how shooting machines are, are have changed. You know, I remember when they used to have those long metal racks coming from the court. Um, but how they've innovated, how they've put the trainers right in front of you, it's unbelievable. So go over and check it out. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. There's nothing else on the market like it. Nowhere else are you going to get the bat phone to the person running it. No, you know, yes, they might do quarterly or monthly or weekly calls, but they're not, they're not on your beck and call. If you have a question, if you have an email, trust me, I will get back to you. I will respond. I will get on a call with you that day. So come over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. Priority of, of my wife and I, and for my wife and I, and Billy Lang is a, a person that I've grown a great relationship over the years. And so it was just the right career move at the time. And, uh, it's been a tough two years, but one that I think we're we're fighting through, and now we're on the other side. I think we have a, a good returning roster, and hopefully, uh, it'll produce some wins. Yeah, well, I think the last couple of years have been hard on everybody. I mean, just any from from all of those things. Um, how how was the how was the pandemic hard as far as practice and, and skill development? Philadelphia like every city, county, state government was different than a lot of places in our league. So we had different restrictions as it related to what we could do and what we could do in person, numbers, group numbers, et cetera. And so we had to first figure out a plan that met the criteria from the Philadelphia Health Department that also then worked with our St. Joe's uh, health group as well. But we just tried to do two things. We tried to keep the spirit of the group at a certain level. And we tried to maximize the time that we had with them and be really intentional about what we were working to develop. So there wasn't a lot of wasted time. There was as, as great energy whenever we got together. But it was challenging because there was a lot of Zoom calls to keep the players engaged mentally uh, so that they didn't just atrophy while sitting at home. Trust me. We didn't even play at all in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's like, a challenge. I, I can't imagine that challenge. It was hard. And what do you, what do you say to the seniors? You know, what do I say to them? Like, it's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> it's hard to keep them. Uh, what, what, so <laughs> this is, this is a specific co- question for a coach. What do you look for in a recruit? Well, it's a, t- it's a, that's probably the number one, one of the top questions we receive because everyone wants to know the recruiting criteria. And I think it's all specific to what your head coach prefers. I mean, you've right. been a head coach for a number of years. So, 
every head coach has what they view as the player that fits their system, so to say. Yep. For us, we take a lot of three-pointers. We value that element of the game. So we look for players that could produce in a world of taking a lot of three-pointers, playing with a little bit more freedom as a decision-maker uh, in space, and then we really value character. So it's this combination of can you shoot, what type of decisions do you make, and what's your character? Right. And then from no, there, I, we'll just go. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that – I mean, that's what, – so what do you think the difference is between a D1 player and a D2 player? I, I, I And a D2 and a D3, what do you think separates – a player from getting a D2 offer from a D1 offer? I think I know the answer to this, but I'm interested in what you think the answer is. Well, um, sometimes it's politics. It's who you know. It's what jersey you're wearing, where right. geographical location. All like, That definitely plays a part in the equation. Um, sometimes it's the, the exposure that you get, meaning – What's your environment that you're playing in? And, and through the lens of the people recruiting you, whether Division One, Two, or Three, do they feel like it's competitive enough or that you're producing enough if it's at a really competitive level? Or do they feel like you're not producing enough at a what they might consider a lower level of competition? I mean, there's so many elements to, to just sitting there and watching a player compete. but I actually, I mean, maybe there's maybe there's an athletic difference depending on the position. Um, I don't know. I think high level Division threes, i.e., a Middlebury or Williams College, they're recruiting Division one players, um, <laughs> and are. and they have the academic selling point to do so for sure. Um, but I think in the end of the day, I think there's a slight maybe skill gap and athleticism gap that depending on the lens and the who's recruiting you. I think I think from a from through. a from a from a global look is you tend to be if you're if you're if you're getting D2 or D3 offers and not D1 offers, you're probably missing something in your game. Yep. Might be height, might be athleticism, might be shoot, yep. whatever. You're missing something. And my personal opinion is the difference is can you defend the ball is the biggest difference. Like, can I stop you one-on-one? -on -one? Like, am I athletic enough to keep you in front and defend you? The offensive part, I don't think is, I think that's part of it, but I think, can I stop you? Like, as a 6'4 guy, can I stop another 6'4 guy one-on-one -on -one athletically? Can I keep you in front? That's, I think, the big because there's guys at the D3 level, D2 level that mm, they're they're either missing something or they yeah. just can't quite defend the ball. Like um that's my observation because yeah, otherwise I mean, that's, it's yeah. Well, that's that's definitely plays a part, but you know, no outside of high school coaches in this world of of high school basketball and I know AU does as well, but they don't practice as often as you guys do in the high school yeah. level, so Building a defensive scheme in AAU is challenging. And, is. and so there's no real emphasis on that one-on-one -on -one element of defense. I mean, if you go to AAU games now, you'll see, depending 
you know, on the level, you'll see people playing two, three zone. <laughs> so that doesn't right. really give any opportunity for exposure in the world that you're referring to one-on-one defense, for example, but like Duncan Robinson, who is obviously a, a hot name, a hot topic of a division three player goes division one. And now he just gets an $80 million contract. I'm sure defensively he couldn't guard anybody. So you're, you're probably spot on. Right. Now he goes to Michigan, which is the perfect system. And I don't know if coach Beline asked him to guard anybody there either. Just right. flame throw it in the rim. And he also had, he also had a plus in the sense he grew and he had size. If he's Great six, size. Three, if he, if he's six, three, we're not having this discussion. So, no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> so, so, so he has, he has a factor that, that, that changed a little bit between his senior year and freshman year. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Very good player, you know, but you know, some of those things happen. Um, what do you think is the most overtaught skill and the most undertaught skill? Um, I think the most overtaught skill is dribbling or some <laughs> element of of one on one dribbling, so to say, because it's in in the percent like the percentage in a game that that's actually utilized is so small, and I think. Shooting isn't taught nearly enough, believe it or not. And shooting will always, no matter what direction the game of basketball goes, will always play a major part in the game. Yep. And so I'm telling you, dribbling, I, <laughs> dribbling is, yeah, I 100% agree with what you just said because, like, everyone can become a shooter, not everyone can become a scorer, but everyone yep. can become, if you put enough reps in, you can be a shooter. I'm just telling you. I yeah, mean, and dribbling is the hardest thing to master. Right. It's not right now. The the tendency in the workout world seems to be working on some element of a one on one playmaking world. And within the confines of any basketball game at any level, you rarely dribble unless you're in the NBA and you're getting paid right to make plays off the dribble. Your salary dictates how many dribbles you get to take yeah, that's true i love that that's true i never thought about that there's a correlation between dribbles and pay i'm going to use that in my i bet that i i wonder if anyone's done that for my ap stats class i'm going to see oh that's interesting that's true i never thought of that yeah that Robinson's was one of the a prime example he doesn't he didn't dribble much he would just stand in the corner and be ready to shoot but now he's gonna make more money he probably gets to dribble more yeah maybe Maybe. Maybe if he's smart, he'll he'll still keep his dribble dribbles limited and his shots plentiful. <laughs> That's true. Do you have a coaching like failure or um, a moment that uh, a young coach that's listening to this could learn from? Um, I would say that like my probably my earliest failure was executing a opponent scouting report in front of the team the combination of communicating to the team in an efficient and an effective manner without being too long-winded. Um, and at the same time, making sure that you remember what the opponent actually does. That was a, that was a tough moment. My first couple. So, you know, for any young coaches listening, it's like studying for a test. Yeah. It's worth, it's worth practicing. It's worth writing it all down. There's no reason to be that waiter or waitress that 
comes to the table and doesn't write down your order, you know they're going to get it wrong. So yep. less is give, more. Give your, less is more. Yeah, give, give yourself a chance to get get your first couple opponent scouting reports communicated correctly. I agree. I mean, I used to hand out like 30 pagers. Now I'm down to like two pagers because we live yeah. in this, we live in a TikTok world where I got them That's for right. about 30 seconds. And it's like, this guy can do this. Like literally that, like the other part of the scouting reports more for me. Um, if you could sit down with a living or a deceased coach for an hour, who would you want to sit down with? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I would let me think about this for one. That's okay. Because I, I, uh, it's a relatively good, it's a new really, question to the podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> I have I have a name on the tip of my tongue, Bill Ross. Okay, why? Yeah, uh, because first of all, he was a coach, and he won a championship, and it's not spoken about very often because of his success as a player, but. His humility when I listen to him speak is incredibly unique. But more importantly, I just feel like I could sit there and let him talk the entire time. And right. I could leave there a better person, a smarter person with just a unique perspective from, from his life. When I, when I ask people about the best player of all time, his name never comes up. And I'm not sure why. I mean, yeah. he's got to be in the discussion in the sense he has the most rings. Um, and, you know, but he wasn't Wilt. He wasn't like, he, would, he, he wouldn't have been on TikTok. He wouldn't have been. Like, right, he would have been right, the guy right. with, with no social media. And Wilt would have been the guy with social media. It's just, this, it's, it's their personalities. Um, right. That, I love that. That's a great, that's a great one. What do you think is the biggest change you've seen in the game since you started coaching? This idea of data and analytics has definitely shifted <laughs> offensive philosophies uh, more towards three-point shooting, I think, in all levels of basketball. So that's the, the sheer number of three-point shots per game. That's been the biggest change. It Two was. big man fall more regularly. Now it's a ton, and a ton of three-pointers. So it's – it's I guess the word that everyone uses, the game's evolving, depends, whatever helps you win. Hey, I'm telling you, I tell, I tell young kids, if you get a mid-range jump shot off the dribble, you are gold. Like, I, I know what the analytics say, but that, yeah, shot, I mean, is, that end, shot is open. End of the day. <laughs> it's open. Yeah, That's it's the hard, issue. It's, it's a hard – I mean, it depends on, on – everyone's lens is changing because data is such a buzzword, and, and I know you're – you teach what statistics? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and so you're in that world. Yeah, you're in that world of of using numbers. You're you're using numbers regularly to find what's the most effective way to do something. And right. I think that's where the games now evolve towards figuring out what's the most efficient and effective way it, to it, play it, offensively. Which it, yeah, it is. It's statistics. It's collect, organize, analyze, and interpret data. That's all people are doing right now. That's what I do every day yeah. in my math class. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and do my rapid fire because I know you got to go here. Um, what's your favorite brand of basketball? The actual ball you play. We play the Nike ball. I would probably say. My favorite basketball is the NBA ball. You like that? I know the new one, new one's Wilson, but the old 
It's, I think it was a Spalding or something. What's NBA one? Ball, yeah. so what's what's one word to describe your ideal player? Competitive. Okay. Um, do you do you have a favorite pregame or postgame meal? Uh, I lost it. Pregame or postgame meal? Meal. I don't eat pregame meals. Okay. It's been a superstition that I've had since college. Okay. And postgame. Not necessarily, kind of whatever's in front of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What's one thing you do to relax? Ooh, with three children, there's not much much opportunity <laughs> to relax. Um, but if there if there was time, I would say run. I'd go for a run. That actually helps me, quote unquote, relax. I think I go for long walks with my dogs. Describe the perfect player in five words or less. Competitive, intelligent, instinct, talented. Okay. Uh, best basketball player of all time. Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, high school shot clock, yes or no? Yes. Uh, if you could change one thing about the game, what would you change? I'm going to pull a coaching cliche. Control what you can control. So I don't. I actually don't spend much time thinking about that idea. I know it's not a great answer, but no, you know what I would do? I make will... the court wider. Yeah, that's an interesting the, the lane or the whole court? The whole court. It's too narrow. The bodies are too big now. Yeah, the bodies are big. They do you know run into each other quite a they bit. They run in. It's like 94. I can live with 94, you know, but the, the width of the court, and again, I don't think it's going to happen, but. It's just, even at the high school, high high school level, the bodies are so freaking big. There's no room. We need, we need no, more space. No, there's no room. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting. I, I actually never heard somebody say that. I like that. Yeah, that's what I would do if I could change the game. I don't know if I'd move the, I mean, I think I would have actually moved the, the rim down a little bit for the, for the women's game, but I, I wouldn't now. I would have maybe 30 years ago. Um, right. and you could even move it up for the guys game at this point to maybe 10 and a half. Um, cause I think that would change oh. the game too. Uh, but the whiffs, I think is the big one. Um, best coach of all time. Uh, best coach of all time. Wow. I'm just going to say my high school coach, William Speedy Morris. Oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> here's one high school. Keep the jump ball. Yes or no. Yes. Okay. Uh, if you could recommend one book, what would you recommend? The inner game of tennis. Uh, it was a book that I read over the pandemic. I thought it was really, it's, first of all, it's an easy read. And second of all, it was for, for coaches that are looking to teach, thought it had a lot of interesting and relevant topics. I love that. Um, quarters or halves? Uh, indifferent. I, quarters or halves. Halves for college tend to gravitate towards because I'm, I'm used to it but i know that a lot of people want quarters so yeah, I've, I've done we, we play halves i'm a big fan of halves we play two 18 minute halves i'm a big fan i am oh wow interesting the, the flow works much better all right my last question to every coach is if you give yourself some advice as a younger coach what would it be my advice to my younger self would to would be to be more present whether it be at work or outside of work and when you're a younger coach, you become a workaholic, somebody that works. Missing elements of life are just really important. That could just be 
being with your family, or even when you're at work, putting your phone down and making sure you're paying attention to what's going on. So just be more present. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, coach. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like, leave a review. We love those five-star reviews. We're going to leave a one-star. You can skip to the next podcast. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network.